Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to my weekly email newsletter, Friday Focus. Each Friday, I focus on one topic with one action arising. The link to sign up is in the show notes or head over to amyrolinson.com and sign up right now. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by Karen Vollo. Welcome. Thank you, Amy. I'm happy to be here with you. Well, it's been a long time coming. I know I say this a lot with my guests because it is a case of we have a chat and then it's a few months before we then get to record, but this has been over a year. So it's a real treat to have you on the show today. Yeah. And it's more than uh, something I'm grateful for to be here. Um, yeah, it's been a crazy year for me to be sure. Fabulous. Well, it's great to have you. And thank you to Barbara Moynihan for the introduction. Barbara was my guest on episode 337, Focus on Doing. And it's wonderful because now having spoken to you, you've then made some suggestions and introductions as well. And and so the ripple effect continues. The, The focus on why ripple effect is ever, ever increasing, which is great. So thank you for that. Well, you're welcome. And uh, it's one of those things that uh, is so important. So I'm sure people are very uh, drawn to it because everybody needs to know what their why is and why they're here. Absolutely. Well, let's kick off the conversation with what is it you're focusing on at the moment? Love that question. Uh, My theme in my life and my purpose is bringing joy to the world and joy to the workplace. So my focus is always around joy. Uh, This year, as I mentioned, has been a bit of a doozy because at the beginning of 2020. Three, I was actually diagnosed with stage four cancer and had to have my life turn around in uh, or upside down in about 48 hours and make, you know, gazillion decisions and went through a pretty crazy journey. I used alternative uh, medicine um, or integrated medicine, I should say, because I did do the chemo route, but I also did a lot of other things on top of it. And in addition to that, and um I'm happy to say now, you know, after six months, I was declared cancer free. I knew that was going to be the result. I just knew it, you know, deep down inside of my gut. And um, it's been a journey. And so now I'm on my way back and coming back and feeling strong and feeling really good and positive and just have gotten a much deeper level of understanding of life and uh, really had to focus in on kind of the physical aspect and the physical body this year, which is not something that was new for me. I mean, it was something I hadn't focused on so much before. Yeah, it's it's incredible how much we take for granted when we, we just have all of the things going okay with our body physically. And then when there's an alteration there, it does stop you in your tracks. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I it's been interesting because I have been working in... Um, kind of personal growth, self-growth, self-awareness, teaching leaders for over a decade. Um, you know, my, my focus is bringing joy to the workplace. So I work with culture and about leadership development and building trust. And I mean, I had a huge toolbox of tools. So I could handle this crisis that came into my life really well and use so many of the tools that I teach people through the emotional state, the mental state, and kind of the spiritual state. But I didn't really have 
the tools and the the things for the the physical state as much. It's not something that, like you said, I had really focused in on. I mean, I've always eaten healthy and I've always exercised and all of those basic things. But I really had to tune into the body because um, when I was, before I got diagnosed, I was quite sick and getting worse and worse and not knowing what it was and not listening to my body and just saying, oh, I can get through this. It'll get better. It'll get better. It'll get better. And I just kept getting worse and worse and trying to figure out what is going on. And uh, so part of this big journey for me was really tuning into the body. Like I listened to my body and say, what do you want to eat? What does it feel like? You know, and just really listening in. And if I'm tired now, it's like I rest because I know I need to rest. It's not like, oh, I'm going to keep going. You know, fortunately, I sleep really well. That's one of the key things people need. And I know a lot of people don't sleep well. But, um, you know, that that's like one of the key things. And you really need to listen to your body when, when you're tired or when you're hungry or when you when you have a craving for something that don't go overboard. I mean, I used to eat chocolate all the time and I cut out sugar immediately when this whole thing started happening because sugar is something that feeds cancer cells. So it was, it was, you know, a, a huge journey in learning and growing and really focusing in on being very proactive and not giving my power away to the doctors and um, being more of a, how do you want to say it, rallying a team together versus letting them decide over my body what they wanted to do. Yeah. And, and it is, you mentioned about cutting out the sugar and it takes something so, as drastic as cancer before you realize just what toxins you are putting into your body. Well, here's the funny thing, Amy. I had been getting kind of this, I get intuitive hits or whatever, and it was just like a little ding. And, it, you know, to me, chocolate was a vitamin. <laughs> You know, I ate a little bit every day and it was just like part of my, you know, after meal, I'd have a little bit of chocolate. And I just kept getting this like, you know, oh, you need to really reduce sugar, reduce the sugar. And I just, I didn't listen to that, you know, and it's, I mean, I've dealt with this intuitive um, messages that I just have kind of ignored in my life many times. And it's like, if it comes in whispers and if you don't listen to the whispers, it gets louder. And it's like, you know, eventually it's the two by four that knocks you out. And it's like, you know, unfortunately, cancer was one of those two by fours that did knock me out. I don't think it was only based, you know, because I was eating sugar regularly and all those types of things. But it was um, there's always a bigger purpose to these catastrophes and crises that happen in your life. And so much of it is on how you deal with it. You know, it can really demolish you or it can make you stronger and it can make you more resilient. And it's a choice. It's a conscious choice that people can take when they when they make that decision. And that's definitely where I was. I was in that space of making a conscious choice of I'll get through this. It'll be fine. This is, you know, yes, this is something I have to go through as well with everything else I've gone through in my life, but I just knew I would make it, you know? And the interesting thing is because I've had many family members that have had cancer and have passed. Um, I think that having the disease versus having a loved one having the disease it's a whole different dynamic and so for me it was really kind of an enlightening thing like oh wow you know it's not a scary when you're the one going through it because it's your body you know what's going on and yes there are scary things to it but um it, it was interesting for me to kind of be on the to have the shoe on the other foot for that and then to also see the loved ones around me like my daughters who hadn't had that kind of experience before to see you know how they were dealing with it because I could totally relate to where they were I'd been in their shoes before yeah, I, I have a feeling that if we had had this conversation when we were due to have it, 
it would have been a different conversation. We would have talked about purpose in a different way. You just mentioned that we always have a bigger purpose as a result of the catastrophes and the, the crises that we face. And and I'm a I'm a big believer in anyone who is very clear around their purpose has had a catalyst at some point. What has shifted for you in terms of purpose from before to where you are now, if at all? I, you know, I, I gave a lot of thought to this. Obviously, when you're faced with your mortality and all of that kind of stuff, you do some deep thinking. And I had several months to think about this. My, my purpose is, is pretty much still the same. You know, I did the purpose work in 20. 10, 2011, when I kind of discovered my purpose and really defined it, um, I did a number of different types of exercises. It's actually a program that I've done, you know, developed to help people as well for finding their purpose. But um, I, I'll, I'll back up there because that catalyst was also like a, a huge shift in my life. And I'll just give you the kind of the quick story on that. But um, so back in 2006, I went on a business trip to the US and I was living, I, I live in Sweden now, but I'm half Swedish, half American. And I was working with a business mentor. Back then I had an executive search firm. I was ready to expand out through Europe and had this most amazing week. Everything was on top of the world. I was having clients calling in. It was just great. You know, everything was falling into place. And then as I was getting ready to board the plane to come home, uh, there were two US marshals that kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said, we have a warrant for your arrest and took me into custody. And all of this was due because my first husband, who I had divorced six years earlier, had used my name. He, When I moved to Sweden, I discovered he had lied to me from day one of everything. And he was very abusive. And I'd come to Sweden after he'd been convicted of fraud and started researching him and found out talking to you know family members and ex-wives and things like that. Like, oh, my gosh, who on earth did I marry? You know, it was like it just totally turned my world upside down. And so I proceeded to go into a high security jail in downtown San Diego, where I stayed there for 1,352 days. So that uh, crisis in my life was like such a huge learning journey in an incredibly dark environment. And when I talk about the tools, I learned a lot there on how to stay in a positive frame of mind. Um, so I was visualizing, I was meditating, I was, you know, doing all sorts of different types of things and reading all these self-help books where, you know, they have all these exercises and people often read them and then they, they'll come back to them. Well, I actually had the time to do all the exercises. So the things that worked for me, I like really integrated into working on a regular basis. So sometimes I call that my spiritual boot camp. It was just trying to stay, keep my head above water and trying to stay in a positive frame of mind. Bottom line with that whole ordeal, which was almost four years, is that my charges were dropped. Um, they were trying to extradite me to Mexico because my husband, first husband had used my name on documents down there. So it was just a nightmare situation. Um, but my charges were dropped. I was completely exonerated and released and got to come home and come back to Sweden. <laughs> and, you know, the toughest part of that was missing my my daughter's um you know, growing up because they were six and eight when it started. So I missed a good chunk of their childhood, which was devastating and can't make up that time ever. Um, we have a fabulous relationship now and they've turned into beautiful young women. And I'm very proud of, you know, all the things they're accomplishing now. So it made us, you know, as a family, very close. During that time, I wrote children's books and they were bringing joy to the world. And so the theme started to come up. And so when I came home and I mentioned, I started to do all this purpose work and try to figure out, you know, what the heck did I just go through and why did I go through that? And what was all that for? Um, I worked a lot with forgiveness. I did, you know, a lot of inner growth and self, um, self-development. And basically I made a very conscious choice. 
I'm not going to be ashamed of this. I am a survivor. I got through that in, you know, situation and I'm just going to use it in some way. And so it became a catalyst. And that was really what started me on my life's purpose of working with developing people. And, and um, I made a choice to work in the corporate world because that's where it always worked. You know, I'd always worked with executive search and I also knew, and this is, you know, talking about listening to your intuition or your guidance, whatever you want to call it. But I knew that I couldn't go back to the headhunting. I knew that I was meant to teach things I had learned, and I just had no idea how I was going to do that. Fast forward a little bit, I ended up writing a business book called Engage, and that opened up doors that I, you know, had no idea. But I, because I was so on purpose, it was like, okay, I'll public speaking, I'll do that. If I need to do that, I have to get this message out. And so it just led to developing my life's work. You know, so when this situation with the whole cancer came up, that's why I said, you know, I could handle it. I had tools. I've been teaching these tools for a decade on how to, you know, deal with uncertainty and deal with, you know, um, your state of mind and your emotional state of being and how you want to really thrive. And so I could handle it. And I did really well. And one of my biggest tools is working with gratitude. And I use it as a tool. You know, it's a conscious, deliberate choice of working with that. And it was, you know, it's, it, gratitude has been something that has been life transforming. I've always worked with it. Even in those really difficult years, it was like every night before I went to bed, I'd think of three things I was grateful for. And for my daughters, it was the same thing every night, you know, talking about what are they grateful for. And so that just became, you know, a very conscious tool and probably the biggest one that I worked with in terms of, um, you know, the tools going through this cancer journey, because it just really made me focus in on, you know, regardless of what's going on in your life, you can always find things to be grateful for. So long, long winded answer to what the catalyst was, but, you know, and, and it's funny because it's like another catalyst in my life. And I'm in the process now, of, you know, trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to do with this one? You know, and I'm, I'm, looking at developing a program and what I did to just share on how I overcame stage four cancer and the tools that I work with um, to, you know, help people in that regard as well. You know, I, I'm not there yet. So you've caught me in the process of kind of unfolding what it'll be, but I think it'll, you know, it'll be definitely something like you said in the beginning, adding another layer to where I've been in my life. Wow. And I feel that there's even a stronger connection because I'm currently writing my book on purpose, which I'm co-writing with my grandfather who died back in 1996, but he kept a journal. He called it a commonplace scrapbook for the almost five years that he spent as a prisoner of war. Now, understanding that in captivity, you can be free. This is so much what I'm hearing from you, that even though you were incarcerated for that exceptionally long period of time as you said all those days 1352 did you say okay yeah. <laughs> okay yeah so, count it every day believe me <laughs> I, I I can imagine I, well I can't imagine but I I can understand that you why you would do that and and so I can see this sort of parallel of of understanding you know looking for for as you said the gratitude in in what is it that i'm here to learn what is it that this particular moment in time is teaching me as opposed to the blame and the the anger and and and, under, and not you know taking yourself down a spiral you you were kept very clear and as you said you you were not just reading those books you you had the time to do the exercise and and that, and that's something that i find is so key that there's so much knowledge and and information out there 
and it's all very well to to read something and to reflect on it but unless then you take the action that's the critical part critical part for me is to take that intentional action thereafter it's of no value yeah and it's interesting you mentioned the spiral because i have a tool i developed called the joyometer and it's a spiral down and a spiral up it's like two spirals on top of each other and uh you know it's all about the emotional scale that we as human beings experience and we have this beautiful huge range of emotions and the negative ones are all based in fear and that's basically you know you're forgetting everything is all right and then the the positive emotions which is you know optimism and hope and love and joy and all of those those are in a state of love which for me is you know um living our values every day or you know living on vibrant energy it's just it's and you have a choice and it's kind of the choice between fear and love and if you can stay 51% or more in the positive emotions then you're going to be having a pretty you know joyful life and so um that was a tool that i you know worked a lot with during the the years in jail and then also um the two things that i found that help us to shift out of the negative emotions cuz when you when you we use the words i am and then i am mad i'm happy i'm sad i'm depressed whatever and those are so powerful those two words create our life and so when you can actually take a step back and say i'm having this emotion what am i feeling and you label it you give yourself enough space to be able to say okay i'm feeling sad how long do i need to feel sad for let me process this and when you can process the emotions cleanly out of your body they don't get stuck and it's those stuck emotions if you suppress emotions it's like that's what eventually will cause disease one way or another and so you know dealing with your emotional state is really really important and finding a way to get yourself into those positive emotions can be challenging but the two most important things are you have to have hope which for me is you know basically happiness um optimism positive energy and um you know enthusiasm and basically moving things forward you want to have some hope and some you know light there at the end of the tunnel and then the other thing is gratitude gratitude is the fastest easiest way to get yourself out of that state of you know those negative emotions and i see so many people nowadays and and the particularly younger generations that are just steeped into anxiety and you know mental health issues and all of those things and you know i'm not how do i say this i'm absolutely validating that what they're going through is is real you know but they need to learn and they need to have the self awareness to know that they can actually manage that and how do you manage that and those are what the self awareness and bringing in those tools that can help you to to get to a different state of mind and what i want to just sort of pick up on is the description of emotions as being negative and positive because and emotions i i i believe are all useful in the moment it's it's when you hold on to something that is out of the moment that then you could say that they could be deemed as not helpful to describe them in that way does that make sense yeah absolutely i i totally agree with you i don't yeah. i mean we use those terms positive and negative yeah. um every emotion is important and it helps us to grow um and it's also basically that emotional awareness you know that eiq basically is is where you can start to master your life and master how you're feeling about things and that's not to deny those negative emotions at all they're here to teach us something they're here to help us grow um and when you can learn to process emotions in a clean way and i call it clean in the sense that we're not adding a story to it 
putting the trauma to it and you know keeping the drama alive human beings are the only species that can replay a situation over and over in their head and we go through the pain over and over and over again because we're playing it in our imagination in our mind one thing i heard recently which to me was like a light bulb going off is when you've gone through something traumatic when you actually take the time to write it down on paper it shifts the place that you're thinking about it in your brain to more logical analytical space and so you can process it without having the emotion there as much so i've always journaled you know I've, that's just something that i do and so for me whenever i get overwhelmed with emotions it's like i just pour it all out into the journal and then it's like oh it's out okay it's out of me and i didn't realize how much that was a shift in the brain so i love the neuroscience and how the brain works because that helps us to kind of feel like we can be in control of you know our emotional state a little bit better and did you journal the whole time that you were in prison uh there it actually became letters that i was writing and yes i was journaling and writing and the funny thing is i mean i have a book it's called my memoirs 1352 days um but i couldn't write the book while i was there i knew i was going to write a book but i couldn't write it while i was there because it was like i didn't know the ending <laughs> i had to know the ending and the same thing happened now with this whole cancer journey it was like i had to know the ending i mean i kind of knew the ending what it was going to be but i had to know that it was actually reality if that makes sense so we'll yeah. see you know there may be a book that comes from this as well because there were so many synchronicities and amazing experiences that it's like okay again something bigger is happening here than just me and my little life going through and having to deal with this and i just wanted to find out how why it took so long before you were released and exonerated it was in mexico so i was actually i was in the states and they were trying to send me and i just said no i'm not going because i knew that's a totally different system and i was very afraid to go into that whole system that it was going to take a long time so it took that long for the judge to get it in front of him and when the judge in mexico and when he got it in front of him he actually closed the case out and said this should have never been a criminal case and it took like another six weeks for that information to get back to the us and it was just it was it was messy it was just you know kind of fell through the legal cracks and the legal system there but for whatever reason it took the time that it did unfortunately but um you know again i learned a lot during that time and have used it as a catalyst to do something positive with my life which you know a lot of people don't do that because they don't look at things in that way which i think is a lost opportunity for them you know coming back to purpose i also heard recently you know if you can find a specific purpose that's great and that's like some of the things that i work with and i think you work with as well as helping people find their purpose right but if you just need a general purpose because sometimes people can be overwhelmed like i don't know why am i here i don't know i found a general a generic purpose that i thought oh that's brilliant it's we're here to grow and to give and it's like wow okay so if we understand everything that happens not to us but for us and what can we learn from that situation then we're growing and then eventually we'll get to the point where we can take those lessons and maybe do something with it or help others in some way you know and we all have a unique opportunity to reach our full potential and then the question is how do we want to do that and that's the beauty of being a human being because we can figure that out and we can have all sorts of different types of experiences and we're all unique uh, you know whatever billion what are we 8 billion something on the planet we're all totally unique and i think we need to celebrate our differences and then know that we're all having this amazing experience as human beings and what are we going to do with it you know that's up to each individual on their own and it is that there is that sort of panic that people feel that they don't have a purpose defined in that essence and so they they go through this crisis of 
existential living you know what, what is it that's what I'm supposed to be doing and I think the, the biggest myth for me to stamp out is that you don't find it you create it you craft it you build it you you grow with it and then that way there's a pressure that's dropped of this eternal search for this most amazing thing that people feel is because they do see other people who who have a very clear defined purpose such as yourself, and they think, well, how do I find mine? And that's that's the, the problem is they're looking for it instead of actually working on it. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think it's a process of discovery as well. You yeah. know, it's unfolding and seeing the themes that are in your life, the patterns that have taught you something. Um, you know, and there's lots of different ways to figure that out, but I think I agree with you. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be this huge, humongous thing that you're going to go out and change the world because of this. Some Some people have that, but being a mom or being a father or being, you know, a good spouse or whatever the case might be. Those are very fantastic purposes as well. And that's okay. It doesn't have to be like you have to go out and impact gazillions of people. You can just impact your family. Absolutely. And, and I make that point of starting. That's where I started was I recognized that my husband was ill and, and it was a case of we need to sort this out. And, and it started very local for me as in within the household and then as I've been able to sort out immediate things and, and we've we've worked on that and then we're in the position to go out and help more people and as you say it is that to grow and I, I say serve but give you know that is mm -hmm. essentially the, the same thing um, but it is to be able to serve others and and you get that fantastic I say there's no such thing as altruism because you you get a lot from it. You get a lot from serving and helping and giving and volunteering in, in different ways. So, yeah, absolutely. If you want to grow it, perfect. If not, and you, you've got your small community that you, you believe is, is you're serving your purpose, that is equally, you know, okay. It's, you don't have to be this big global, global shift at all. It's fine. I want to ask you, so you you'd use the the sort of phrase of discovering and defining uh, your purpose in terms of the purpose work that you did. And you, you mentioned it again there about this discovering and, and it is, I do feel that there is a, a connection with the words that you use with purpose. So explain a bit more about the discovering and the defining for you. Well, for me, it was really the unfolding of doing the self, I, I call it the inner work, the self, analysis and the self-awareness and looking back at like the patterns in my life so when joy kind of came up um you know I looked back and I thought wow you know I used to sell perfume door to door and I would go in and I just want to make people smile and smell good right that was like my first job out of college and then I got into headhunting and then I got kind of known because back in the day we used to actually tell jokes to each other you know <laughs> like instead of like watching comedy or whatever and so I'd always have a joke and so people would like always take my call because they're like they know I'd make them laugh and so there was this theme going on and I think for me joy is something that comes from inside so it's happiness infused with love the happiness for me is something external joy is something that comes from the inside and so all of these things when i was reflecting back on my life it was like oh yeah there is a common theme with everything i've done um you know and like i love to paint you know that gives me and brings me so much joy so it's like just doing things that you know whether they're hobbies or your passions or whatever the case might be it's really looking at those patterns and um 
you know, when you decide to start diving into this to figure out what your purpose is or to, you know, build or work on the purpose, it's like you're making a conscious choice and trying to find what are the common threads in my life through the different situations I've gone through. And then you start to identify things. And for me, it's, you know, it's what are your passions and what are your talents? And it's kind of combining all these different things that you put together and then, you know, finding the words that really resonate that kind of are the essence of who you are. And, you know, I did an exercise years ago and on my website, if you go, you'll see, I have three words there. It's um, inspiration, joy, and evolution. And those were like the core words that feel like that's, that's the essence of who I am. And I haven't changed them. I mean, they may change in the future. I don't know, but it's like those words really resonated with me. And inspiration is because I just, you know, I was in so many years in a dark environment. I wanted to only be with inspirational information, inspirational, inspirational um, people. And I wanted to inspire others and to be inspired. So that was really big joy because, you know, I wanted to have this happiness in my life, regardless of what's going on in the circumstances. And then evolution is because we're constantly evolving. So my company's name is evolution. It's spelled a little bit differently, but, um, you know, it's because I believe we're all on this journey. We're constantly developing and growing and that goes for organizations as well. And so it's like finding those keywords that really resonate with you and then using that to help build whatever the purpose might be. And whenever you mention the word joy, for me, it, it feels as though this is a living, breathing thing, or even a person. It feels like it's a whole entity in itself, the way that you describe her. It, it, I just feel like it. it's your partner in crime. Well, not crime. Let's not use that word. No, no, no. no. <laughs> but maybe, maybe that was the thing, that the crime brought you this beautiful joy. Yeah, that's interesting because uh, that that is where I received kind of the children's books that I've written, and um, they're they're beautiful, you know, books that help my daughters who were young at that stage, like learn kind of a lot of these tools and and concepts that I was diving into myself. Um, and and I've only published half of them actually. I, I wrote like twenty four, twenty five books while I was there, and I have you know like twelve of them on Amazon, but. Um, yeah, so for me, for me personally, joy is really this, you know, living entity because it's it's so much a part of my life and so much a part of my purpose and mission and what I'm doing and how I want to impact and touch people's lives. Yeah, I really feel it. I really every time you've mentioned joy, the word uh, bringing joy to the world, bringing joy to the workplace, and and just the actual expression, the the way that you you embody that word really does feel as though she, she she's she I keep saying she I don't know why but she does have this life of her own so or, <laughs> it's amazing so tell me more about what's next for you Karen so as I mentioned you know I did a lot of thinking during the last several months and um, I'm definitely going to continue my work with uh, culture and leaders and one of the things I used to talk about a lot were the three pillars of culture which was engagement purpose and trust right so I started with engagement and then I realized okay companies have to have this bigger purpose and the companies that have defined a bigger purpose and that's great they attract the right people and then I realized okay I got pulled into this trust work because I worked a lot um you know, with ne the neuroscience of, of leadership and, and trust, basically. And so I created a leadership development with that. And then part of my journey was taking this um, from just leaders and dealing with, you know, executive teams or managers and companies. When the COVID 
years came and we were all locked down, I actually shifted online very quickly with the business because we had already done a lot online. I have a lot of programs available online. And then I started working with like and all the employees in the culture learning these things about the neuroscience of trust. And it was interesting because it really super boosted the culture of the company. And so now these last few months, this year, I've actually come to the conclusion that there's four pillars and the fourth pillar is caring leadership. Because I also have a podcast called the Amazing Leader Series, but in that and all these CEOs that I've interviewed who are, you know, phenomenal CEOs, they truly care about people. And I just found that we we truly need to come down to caring about each other. Trust is actually a result from caring. So if you have, you know, leaders that truly care about the people and the company, guess what? Everything else is going to build on top of that really easily. So that's kind of my space now is, is working a lot with leaders focusing in on that aspect to build the rest of it as well, because it really comes down to that. And um, so what I'm focused on next is really, you know, continuing the work that I've been doing it, but now also adding another dimension and level. And as I mentioned, I think I'll probably do a program or a course around, you know, just the health aspect, the physical aspect of what I did to overcome these things. And then from there, um, have it available so I can capture kind of my journey and the learning there as well. So with your four pillars, I just I just want to sort of ask you what what sort of sits at the foundation and what sits on top of them? Oh, that's a really good question, because I used to define it as a little bit of a pyramid and that trust was the, the core underlining thing. And I would probably continue with that and put caring leadership underneath if we were going to go with like the visual of a pyramid. But I think for me, all four are very important. So I kind of have have them kind of parallel to each other, you know, all in a row, because I think they're all essential but like it's hard to do focus focus in on one part of this when you don't have the caring leadership or you know if you don't have that purpose but you've got to it's you need all four when you when you get all four that's when you know great things start to happen organizationally love that love that brilliant Karen it's been a delight and and thank you so much for sharing your story and your focus on why your focus on joy shall we say absolutely it really is a pleasure how could people get in contact with you or tune into your podcast or or check out some of the books that you've written? What's the best way for for them to reach out? Yeah, so I have um my my business website is probably the best place because I do a monthly newsletter and that's if you sign up there, you'll get information. So it's evolution.com and it's E-V-O-L-O-S-H-E-N.com. And then if you go to forward slash gifts, you can get my geometer and you can get some reports and you can get some information there. So I love to give gifts when I when I speak. Um, I also have karenvolo.com, which is, you know, Karen with an I, K-A-R-I-N-V-O-L-O.com. Um, those two websites, I'm on LinkedIn, reach out. That's probably the platform I'm most active on. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy to serve in whatever ways I can. I give a lot of free content and great resources. We have a lot of great reports on uh, the Evolution site. So those are kind of the three best places, I think. Fabulous. Well, they'll all be in the show notes, those links. So don't worry if you didn't get them down right now. Thank you again, Karen. It's been an absolute joy having you on the show. Do you have some final words for the listener, please? Great question. And, uh, you know, I just want to reiterate that life happens for us, not to us. And I just know so many people are facing challenging times right now on so many different levels. And there's a lot of uncertainty happening in the world. And I think that the key thing that I've learned this year going through the whole cancer journey is that we have to do our inner work. If you focus on yourself and 
the power that you have within yourself to heal the traumas and to move things forward and to really visualize the type of life experience you want to have. If we can all focus on that beautiful life that we want to live, I think we can shift the world and, and kind of move away from a lot of the fear that's being, you know, we're being bombarded with on a daily basis. So, you know, focus on your sphere of influence, focus on the things you can control and focus on creating a wonderful life experience that you want to enjoy and have joy in. And I think the rest is going to kind of take care of itself. So that would be my final message is just focus on the joy. How has this conversation had an impact on you? What value have you received from tuning in? What are your reflections with actions? Please take a moment to leave me an Apple podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.